welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. How's it going? <laughs> How are you? Your cup is mighty cute. This very wonderful. <laughs> You're like turning it towards the mic. like <laughs> I'm actually warming my hands, but it's fine too. This friend of mine took a little road trip and brought me back a very spiritual, celestial Oh my God, it's so cute. I There's love it. Little love eyes it. and moons and stars and like gold specks. Oh, it just sings me. I saw it and I was like, need. Need <laughs> need for Chelsea. Need for Chelsea. Robot voice and all. <laughs> Purchase, comments. Anyways, it smells yummy. Mm. Whatever you're drinking. Herbal tea, since I still can't have caffeine. I was going to say, sure hope there ain't no caffeine. It's caffeine-free citrus. I'm actually doing okay today. Sucked ass for some reason. But now that I'm like eight days in of my sobriety from caffeine. <laughs> sobriety? I, <laughs> I don't have a headache anymore. Wow. I'm exhausted all the fucking time. I am sleeping better, though. Hey. Yeah, like I can't really stay up past 1030. Which is an issue when my kids want to stay up past then. And I'm like, just fucking go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm usually like, I, I noticed that I hit like my lull around 2 p.m. And I'm like, this is when I would have my afternoon pick me up. Hmm. And like, I feel myself like wanting to nod off and fall asleep. So it's herbal tea in my new beautiful coffee mug that I love. Ugh, I love it. It's so cute. That's new. <sighs> I don't know. I haven't really seen you because you fucking left. Yeah, I've been gone. Let's see. I left town on Friday and I got back last night. Then I was at work today. Yeah, it's stupid that you think you need to have a life outside of me in this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Fuck. I'm just really important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What in the hell? <laughs> that was a wooed. That was. How are you? What's new with you? Um, Nothing. Just living. Yeah. Surviving. I feel like I've just been in survival mode too. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the podcast. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Damn it. We should start over. This is terrible. <laughs> I feel like there were so many things. I was like, God, that'd be funny to talk about on the pod. And then I didn't write any of, any of them down because why would I do that? And now I'm like just sitting over here with my tea, wishing it was coffee, and it's not. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And we can talk about how Avery just dumped out all my dog's toys last night. It was so cute, though. It was cute. Technically, Chris gave her permission. She asked first. Yeah. We have this huge hamper full of dog toys, and we look over, and she is <laughs> like flips it over. Okay. Well, yeah. She is like Wreck It Ralph. She really is. She's been so sweet lately, though. She'll come up to me and just be like, Mom, I just love you. I'm like, man, I would fucking love you, too. I mean, I don't say the fuck word to her, but, you know, you get the point. Kids are so sweet. Um, it's like they know when you need some extra loving. I know. Like, they just know. They My do. kids have been extra lovey and helpful, and I cannot be any more grateful for them right now just because they do need some extra lovings. I love kids. Sometimes they're dicks, but sometimes they're really great. Yeah. Um, when I went home this weekend, we went shopping and like we walked past this sign that said something about like mom, best mom ever or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we're shopping, walking around all the aisles and my niece pulled me aside and she's like, hey, come here. 
And like, she takes me to the aisle and she's like, will you buy this for me? I was like, oh, yes. And she's like, I want to, I want to give it to her for mother's day. And I was like, well, what are you going to do with it for till fucking May, dude? And she's like, I'll just put it under my bed. You know, it's going to get lost under there with like sticky gumballs and Barbie dolls. And- I don't know. She's, she's, when she has her mindset to something, she'll do it. And then um, before I left, like she was hard. She did not want me to go like just heartbroken. She gives me like this little dog figurine. She's mm-hmm. like, will you take this and hold on to it until you come back? Oh my and God. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was FaceTiming her today. She side note, she has this hedgehog named Peg. <laughs> like pig, like oink oink or peg? Like Peggy. Okay. Um, anyway, she was in the car holding it. I- <laughs> <laughs> She's so fucking cute. Anyways, so I was FaceTiming her and I was in my car and that's where I keep the little doggy. It's in my door. Yeah. And I was like, look, and I held it up and she was like, Oh my god. Like she like gave me this face, like, oh, I love you. Oh, it was like the sweetest thing in the world. And then like we got I got inside and Chris was there and she was talking to Chris and he's like, Did you have fun with Aunt Emmy? And she was like, Yeah, I wish you were there though. Oh like, my god. She has like the biggest crush on him. It's like the cutest thing. But he's such ever. a sweetheart though. And I know I talk a lot of shit about Chris, but it's all out of love. I talk shit about him too. <laughs> he really is. He's so sweet and he's been so like just super supportive of of everything that I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. He really hates my door though. Like I he just does. can't get over how much he's he like, fucking fuck your door. <laughs> like, like we were talking about just like doing stuff around the house. And he's like, we're going to replace your whole fucking door. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, I fucking hate your door. And I was like, sorry. I hate your fucking door too. I though. hate my door too. It needs to be replaced, but I'm a cheap ass and I don't feel like I just bought a new fucking couch. So <gasps> did I not tell you that? No. I bought a Serta. I don't know what that means, but it's I'm excited. apparently super comfy. I'll show you a picture. Yeah, show me a picture. Because um, Wayfair just shipped it to me today. You know, Wayfair, they have a shady history this, this last summer. Don't tell me. You don't. They were supposedly selling well, children. Well, they just fucking sent me a thing that said, ship, ship, hooray. So <laughs> they, I'm, I'm serious. There was like a thing going around um, that, oh, that kind of looks like a therapy couch. It's cute. Did you just... I mean, <laughs> I am going to be a therapist. So. so there was like this thing going around and like they were selling like pillows for like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Jesus. And the things, the names of the pillows, like people were connecting them to the same exact names of people who were missing. <gasps> like children. And so like there was this conspiracy theory this summer that Wayfair shut up. That Wayfair was like in this um, now I want to fucking return my cert. It was like in like this like weird trafficking ring. Conspiracy only, not facts. But we got our bed frame from there too, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say my couch was not that expensive. So. <laughs> well, since then, I can't find like the million dollar pillows. So mm. or like there were like um cabinets that like look like you could fit a child in it and it was like ten thousand dollars like well who the fuck would buy a ten thousand dollar cabinet i'm just saying like it was weird i'm i i think it was way for anyways it was yeah weird conspiracy theory that's like m's thing it's those weird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah catch me with serial killers but conspiracies that's your thing oh i love conspiracies oh my god I there my oh, Jesus. my brother-in-law. So my sister and I were on the phone. My brother-in-law. Well, my sister was, 
And he was telling us, because he was he's a truck driver, and he was like in Oklahoma or Kansas or something. And he was like telling us how the other night he saw this meteor and like all this stuff. And Haley's like, what if it was a UFO? He's like, well, it did. It was like over towards the Roswell area. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and I was like, you're my people. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I see you. Um, I have a question this week from okay. my sister-in-law. I say, I feel like we should roll because we have two really cool things that happened. You know about one. I'm surprising you with the other one. But anyway, I'm so confused. roll with your question. Um, I, my question for my sister-in-law says, what is your favorite cleaning activity around the house? Which is like the most randomest question in the world. But I was like, okay. Um, I have a controversial answer. Oh, my God. I really like cleaning bathrooms. Do you want to clean mine? No. Like, I will <laughs> not. Like I won't I won't touch other people's bath. Like, ours, fine. I'll wipe Chris's piss all day. But not anyone else's. There's no pee in my bathroom. I just want you to scrub my shower. So I don't want to fucking do that. I like doing it because have you seen like the cleaning TikToks? Yes. I think you tagged me in one love, and now they fucking keep showing up on everything. I love watching people clean like disgustingly dirty toilets. It's like so satisfying. I don't know that I have a favorite cleaning activity. This so this is a little bit different, but like I really like really like fucking ripping carpet out of floors and like oh. ripping all the staples out. It's so therapeutic. It's not a cleaning activity, but it could be. I fucking ripped all the carpet out of the upstairs of my house all by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ripped it all out and then like ripped out hundreds of staples and like it was very therapeutic. Hmm. Kind of like rage therapy. You're just ripping shit off yeah. the floor. Yeah, it was really nice. I wasn't even really like upset when I was doing it, but somebody told me that they weren't going to help me. So I was like, fuck it. I'll do it by myself then. I don't need your help because my little bit of defiance when someone tells me not to do something or that I can't do something, I make extra sure that I do it. As you should. Mm, naturally. As so that's should. cleaning wise. I don't know. I don't mind cleaning. I like to vacuum. Yeah. I like to rearrange. Yeah. I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't have like a particular cleaning chore that I love. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Does like cleansing your air with sage and shit count? Absolutely. Then I love to do that. Oh, I, I saw some. I saw some. I thought I saw three big old thick bunches of sage when I got your cup, and I was like, ah, I could, I could. I'm but very, I didn't. I'm very particular about my sage, just because um, my mom harvests it sometimes, mm -hmm. and so it's really hard for me to want to like use stuff that she hasn't harvested. So, anyway, okay. So on to the two really cool things that happened to us. So the first one was we had someone reach out and I have to remember if she said she wanted to be anonymous or not. So hold on because I don't fucking remember. It's in the messages, honey. There you go. Know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Shush. I'm Your gonna... mom has just been on a roll in our Instagram messages lately. I asked her if the animal thing was going to be a new thing. And she's like, yeah, I get one every week. And I was like, great. So we're going to end with a weird animal. Pack. She has been sending me or us all sorts of fucking stuff. Uh, and I'm in love with them. Oh, my God. Uh, well, let, we can start off unnamed, and then if we find out that it is named. No, she says, I'm completely okay with using my name. Okay. Um, so this was actually one of my old landlords when I was in college. And um, she reached out to us. And this is pretty cool because Em and I, like, we knew this might maybe happen, but I don't think we were really. And it kind of happened in the beginning. Like, we had people reach out and say, like, oh, my God, I'm so happy you're doing this. Right. It, like you're helping a lot more people than you think you are. But not necessarily like sharing their stories with us. Yeah. 
And so for some people, it can be kind of uncomfortable to hear somebody's life story. Um, but for me, it's like so openly. Yeah. For me, it's like, damn, thank you for like trusting us and letting us have the honor of being part of your journey. Like it just, so, so what she was sharing is she just asked if we could ever talk about, um, chronic illness and mental health. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because she had a, um, left frontal lobe stroke at a very young age, which obviously affects your brain, your life, um, your mental health because of the turmoil that it takes on your brain Yeah, and dealing with a chronic illness on top of also having a stroke at a young age. And I can, I can relate with that because I had a stroke, um, from what we can tell it was asymptomatic and it's like deep in my cerebellum. So really I just struggle with short-term memory loss like Dory, but, um, I really like to use the excuse stroke brain when I don't remember something. Jesus. I have a really dark sense of humor is how I cope with things. Okay. Um, but so, Oh, let's see. Well, people use that for pregnancy brain. People yeah, like, see? Oh, pregnancy brain. Um, so <laughs> I'm saying it's the same, but <laughs> I don't know that that's the same. Stroke, pregnancy. Yeah, I think I had my stroke when I was pregnant. So hey. Anyway, moving on. Um, so Maggie's also sharing that like she struggled for years with MDIS, which I'd never heard of. It's multiple drug intolerance syndrome, which essentially prevents her from several different kinds of treatment. And then in 2019, she had a massive stroke. Um, they thought it was just Bell's palsy, which she suffered with in her early 20s. Um, however, she lost function of her speech and the right side of her body. And a coworker noticed and called right away. And she had to be flown to Denver for medical Thank treatment. Thank God for people who can recognize the signs of a stroke. Well, and they're, the, the hard part is they mimic so many other things. Mm-hmm. Like for me, my speech got all jumbled, but it started out like a migraine. Mm-hmm. Like my aura came in and I couldn't see. Um, and like looking back, the aura was stronger than anything I've ever experienced, but that's typical with my migraines. So the aura started and then like I got really dizzy and really exhausted. So I took my migraine pills, but then my speech came completely jumbled and disoriented. And I was trying to say like something's really wrong and it came out like the doghouse is red. Mm-hmm. Like made no sense, you know, and my mom's like, are you drunk? And then I went to sleep and woke up. It was just really fucking sick for the next week and a half. Yeah. Um. So along with that, Maggie was also saying that not only does she have these chronic illnesses, she's also experienced trauma throughout her entire life, including facts like she was molested as a child. Um, she gave birth to her daughter at nine months pregnant, knowing she was going to be stillborn at 21. Like, can mm. you just imagine carrying something that, you know, you're not going to get to spend mm-hmm. any time with like as a mom that just, I read that and I cried. Mm-hmm. Um, she went through a 19 year long mentally abusive marriage. However, um, she divorced and married her high school sweetheart. Yes. We love to see it. I know. Um, and she helped him sober up after decades of alcoholism. Um, so he's now six years sober. So let's give him a little like, yes! cause that's a huge fucking accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and she's been to jail for a crime she did not commit. Mm. That one was pretty ominous. She didn't answer what it was. <laughs> um, but she has also, she's offered to like talk with us and share more if we ever wanted to do an episode on chronic illness, strokes, and mental health. Um, Which would be awesome. And I told her absolutely mm-hmm. because chronic illness and mental health go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize that the effects of one could be exacerbating mm-hmm. the other. Mm-hmm. Um so thank you for sharing your story so openly and vulnerably with us and mm-hmm. and offering to let us use it for the podcast because that's, I just, I feel so honored that people want to do that. Mm-hmm. 
because we kind of just sit here and talk shit. And so the fact that people like us enough, you know, the fact that people are like, Oh my God, I love you. And I want to share my story with you. It's like, why? (laughs) Me? And I do the like, look around the room, like, who are you talking to? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's another one. This person did ask to remain anonymous, but it's another person who's reached out and is sharing a really deep, dark, vulnerable moment in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, and has asked if we would just touch on depression and previous suicide attempts prior to motherhood. Um, so having someone who has experienced mental health issues before becoming a mom, maybe has had some previous suicide attempts, previous suicidal ideations, becomes a parent, and then her previous mental health struggles are used against her as like, you're a shitty mom. And I don't know that that's what's being said because she didn't say that. But um, it's like, you're a shitty mom because you tried to kill yourself or what kind of mother has depression, you know? So basically criminalizing past mental health issues and using them against her now that she's a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person was just saying, I'm wondering if other mothers are going through it. And if you are going through it, like, are you are you nervous to fall back into that pattern of depress- depression and suicidal ideations? Okay, so clear, clear this up for me. So this was before this person had children. Yeah. I think it's important to touch upon postpartum as well. And that was my first thought was like, we definitely need to do an episode on postpartum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would also say being coming from a mom and coming from someone who's carried two children, like the effects that pregnancy itself has on your mental health mm-hmm. for me, like struggling with an eating disorder and being pregnant, it was the hardest fucking thing I've ever done. So there are so many different ways we could go with this. Um, there's yeah. right there. <laughs> but so wanting, wanting to just touch on um, that for this, this person who so openly shared their struggles with us. So what do you, what do you think? What do you think about people using someone's mental health against them? I think it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I can, I can tell you as a mom, moms are going through it. You're not the only one. Nope. I've had my eating disorder thrown in my face so many times about Mm -hmm. how, like, how could you ever do that to your kid? Um, because I, like, I realized my eating disorder was getting bad when I blacked out walking up the stairs because I hadn't eaten in like a week and I was carrying my kid. Like, luckily I was at the top of the stairs and just kind of like sat him down. Um, but it was used against me. Like, how could you ever risk your life like that? Knowing that you, you were a mom. So just know, know you're not alone in that. There are moms who struggle with their mental health every single fucking day. Yeah. And there are moms who have had their mental health thrown in their face and made, made to feel like basically you're a piece of shit forever having struggled with anything and not being Mm -hmm. the picture perfect hallmark mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I just, I can't believe people like us this much. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's some vulnerable shit. Or like when we were that voice memo. Yeah. That was sent about, um, the night terrors. It just, it's so humbling. Honestly, honestly, like what the fuck? Like, okay. So going off that, If you have something that you'd like us to share with us, whether you want it on the pod or not, um, we're available in a few different areas. You can find us on Facebook, Mental Health Sucks, Sucks is S-U-C-C-S, Instagram, same handle, and um, our email address is actually mentalhealthsucks at gmail.com. So if you feel like you want to share something with us that we, that you feel like other people could benefit from, or you just want to talk to us about it. We are always open. Our DMS are always open and we're always going to be 
willing to listen and um, provide feedback and talk. Yeah. And be there for you and relate and mm-hmm. well, just to let go, you know that you're not alone. Yeah. And to go back to that last scenario that was given to us, I mean, know that we will definitely open a new episode um, up to like postpartum depression and dealing with mental health and pregnancy and mental health and motherhood. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important topic that we do cover. Um, but I just want to make sure that it's this particular situation is given the justice and time on the pod that it deserves because there are other moms who are struggling in just the same mm-hmm. way. And if you feel yourself starting to slip back into that dark place, make sure you have a safe person to talk to somebody who doesn't call you out for having mental health issues or make you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's normal. It's absolutely normal to struggle with your mental health before or after pregnancy. Yeah. And just because you struggled with your mental health before and maybe you've had some suicide attempts, it doesn't mean anything about your ability to parent. Mm -hmm. You are a perfectly capable mother. And I'm sure you're a fantastic mom. For a lot of people, kids literally save their lives. Yeah. Like they give you a purpose and a reason to live. Mm-hmm. So for whoever's talking shit, you can just tell them to fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> just know that you have a safe place with us and we're here. Yep. So do you have anything else? No. Okay. Um, it is February. So yeah. happy. Um, what? Well, I just was thinking, I was like, shit, was there something that I missed? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> happy Black History Month. Hell yeah. Whoop, whoop. I love February. It's A, Black History Month. B, my birthday is actually today. Well, not today, but tomorrow, which is when the Don't ep- fucking scare me like that. I was like, your birthday is not today. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, but the episode releases tomorrow. I'm gonna- <sighs> so my birthday is today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, and um, And it's B-Day. And it's also my anniversary, too. Jesus. I know. It's full of lots of, lots of days. <laughs> <laughs> That was like my cat gag. <laughs> oh my God. It makes you jump out of bed so fucking fast when your cat does that. You know what? When my mom's cat used to, I say used to because he's not alive anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. When he used to throw up, it was like her horrifying. Yeah. It wasn't like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like he would like scream. <laughs> Nasty. Oh my God. What are we going to talk about today? Em? We're going to talk about racism and mental health. Love it. Um, because it's February and it's important to talk about not all months of the year, but this month, especially we'll give it some honor. Hopefully this, this isn't a, this is a topic that I find difficult to talk about just because I don't, I, I worry about coming off as like the white savior. Like, I don't want people to think that I am putting myself in that place because it's not, but <laughs> I think that it's important to note that like, I am a fucking ally and I stand with all people of color, all, mm-hmm. all races, all genders, all religions. I'm an ally and I don't want to come off as a white savior. So this is a topic that is important for us to talk about. Like, I just want to do it justice. Well, and I, I just want to do it justice. This is a topic that I'm not afraid to talk about. Um, I'm not really afraid about coming across as a white savior because I don't, I don't take that stance. I mean, I, I own my privilege. I recognize that like I Absolutely. am privileged in so many ways. And for the people who are like, Oh my God, like I work hard for everything I have. You have a very, very firm misunderstanding of what white privilege is. 
It's the ability of being able to walk down the street without worrying if I'm going to get shot for buying some Skittles. Listen to this. It is the ability to go to your state capitals with guns in hand, completely fucking loaded and not have an eye blinked at you as opposed to your counterparts who are peacefully protesting, just holding signs on the side of the road and they got maced or shot at or mm -hmm. rubber bullets. Yeah. And this is not, we're not going to get political. However, it is just the illustration of what, what, white, what it means to be privileged as a white person. Mm -hmm. And we can go into like, oh my God, and women are oppressed too, but that's not, that's not the point of it. As a white person, you never have to worry about being judged because of the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. You never have to worry about not getting a job because of the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. You never have to worry about having people make assumptions about you as soon as they see you because of the color of your skin. Yeah. There are certain things that you can do and places you can go without having to fear or have any sort of repercussions come down on you. Mm -hmm. That is white privilege. It's not because somebody's saying like, oh, you just get everything handed to you. When I think about white privilege and when I'm talking to someone who doesn't really understand the concept of it, oh, fuck, I forgot my book. I was gonna, I was gonna bring my um, uncomfortable conversations with a black man book. I have two really good books too, okay. but they're upstairs. And I'm not gonna go get them. We can just talk about them later. Okay. okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, when I'm trying to help someone who is having a difficult time understanding what white privilege is, the first thing I go to is band aids. Have you ever had a band aid on your skin, other than like Hello Kitty or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> that does not match your skin tone if you haven't then you're probably privileged mm -hmm. um and which is so ironic that so i saw this post on facebook and um this african-american man was post put, put this post on facebook he was so excited because he had a band-aid that matched his skin tone and he's like i've never felt this before the first thing I did was I like dived into those fucking comments and there was not one single supportive thing on there. Mm. And there were like people on the, why is it such a big deal? I don't understand this. There's bigger things you can be worrying about than a fucking bandaid. It's like, that's not the point. Right. The point is he and people who look like him are finally being thought about mm -hmm. period thought about not even like considered thought about. Yeah. Anyways, that's my simplest way to describe white privilege is I kind of like that band-aids. Right. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, I say that I'm not afraid to talk about racism because I've experienced it in my own right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something we can get into later because I really think we need to talk about the effects of racism on mental health mm -hmm. because it not, and we're not just talking about African-Americans. Nope any different race. I mean, you have certain things that you have to face that your white counterpart does not. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, you can argue with me all day long if you want to, but that's just fact. I mean, there are certain oppressions that you face as someone of color that your white counterpart will not have to face. Um, and those situations have a profound impact on your mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a couple examples. You can keep talking. It's going to take me a second. To well, I want to talk about um, Black History Month first. Oh, yeah. You do that. Um, so I just want to talk about who is like the founder slash the man behind it. Um, so Carter G. Woodson, um, he is considered a pioneer in the study of African-American history. Um, and he has a lot of the credit given to him for Black History Month. He is the son of former slaves. 
Um, he spent his childhood working in coal mines, um, received his education during the four-month term that was customary for black schools. Ugh. Yeah. Um, at 19, he taught himself English fundamentals. Um, he entered high school where he um, completed a four-year curriculum in two years. He went on to earn his master's degree in history from the University of Chicago and earned a doctorate from Harvard. So this guy is like a fucking badass. Mm -hmm. um, in 1926, Woodson developed um, Black History Week, where he believed that the achievements of African-Americans um, set forth will crown him as a factor in the early human progress to make as and, and as a maker of modern civilization. Um, in 1976, Black History Week expanded to Black History Month. Um, he picked the month of February for his celebration because it marks the birthdays of two men who influenced the Black American population. First one is Frederick Douglass. He um, escaped slavery and became um, a civil rights leader. Um, and then Abraham Lincoln. Ah. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's February, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. So that's kind of a little bit behind Black History Month. Um, and I think, I think this other stuff can wait because I also have um, mental health stuff. So I'll let you go through the okay. mental health right now. Perfect. Well, and so for those of you that know me, I've been in biracial relationships like my entire life. I think I dated one white boy. <laughs> you know, I've always been in biracial relationships. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I married a black man that I really started to understand what racism is. Um, there would be times where like, gosh, this was like eight, nine years ago when we'd go to dinner and I'd be like, why the fuck are all these people staring at us? Mm -hmm. And he'd literally look at me and be like, I'm black and you're white. And it never like registered. That's white privilege. It never registered in my head. Exactly. You know, um, and there, you know, there were some very significant, significant times where like, um, I've had people in my life who've said things like, why can't you find a nice white boy to marry? And, and again, and then ask me to forgive them because that's how they were raised. It's like, no, that's, that's chosen ignorance. When you choose to continue in a cycle of ignorance, that's chosen ignorance. You can yes. choose to learn and become less ignorant and acknowledge that, yes, that's where I came from, but I choose to be better. Mm -hmm. So there, there are just those little, little tiny slice. Um, and Adam actually had said, I'm not going to say the N word because I don't like it. Um, but there was a time he was called the N word in elementary school and elementary by another kid or an adult. He didn't specify. I'm going to assume another kid could be a wrong assumption. That is, I'm sorry. A lot of this. Okay. It's okay. Anyway, nurture it's nurture. It's and, not nature. And that's exactly what he says. It took him years to finally realize that they learned it from home, which meant that these kids' parents looked at him differently. Mm -hmm. And as a young black kid mm -hmm. or a young kid of any color to realize that your friend's parents are looking at you differently because of your skin color. That's fucking devastating. That's trauma. Yeah. Right there. Um, and he said like making sure he didn't act like quote unquote the hood black kid. So white people wouldn't look down on him. Mm -hmm. So like having to be extra cautious of how he presented himself in public just so that white people wouldn't assume he was like a stereotype. Hood rat. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one, this one gets me. Um, because these are my kids for people to ask um, if, if our children are really his 
first of all, that's an insult to him as someone who fathered these children. And second of all, that's like, that's demeaning to me as well. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you insinuating about me as a person? And also like, how could you disrespect a parent like that? To just assume that because their skin tones don't match, like, hello, I'm fucking white. Of course, they're not going to be dark. Yeah. Um, you know, and then him constantly having to justify like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when we had Avery, um, my friend had her baby like the day before. So I like wheeled myself, <laughs> breaking all curfew laws down the hospital room to go sit with her for a minute. And he was in there with the baby and our nurse came in and she's like, um, who are you? Where's the dad? And he's like, fucking right here. Cause I'm just going to leave some rando with my kid, you know? Right. Um, and this, this kind of guts me too, is like, we have, we have to look at our kids and be thankful that they do have a lighter pigmentation because we'll never have to explain to them how to be careful when they speak to police officers. Mm-hmm. We'll never have to explain to them to like, always make sure you show your hands. And, you know, we just, because they have a lighter pigmentation, we just never have to worry about explaining what it means to be a person of color in our society. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff is trauma. And as you, as you look back to these examples of racism, and these are just ones that I've experienced personally, when you look back to those examples, you have to understand the toll that that takes on somebody's mental health to always feel like you are lesser than or not good enough um, or inadequate Mm -hmm. just because of your outer appearance. And then always having to overcompensate to make up for your skin color. Mm -hmm. And inside I'm like boiling. So I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) However, Understanding what that can do to someone's psyche is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think for a second that like, if you walk down the street and somebody accused you of stealing something from the store, you just walked by how you might react to that. And they were hell bent like, no, no, no. I, I know you did it. I know you did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see you do it, but I fucking know you did it. You took that candy bar. What might that do to you? How might you react? Not one time either consistently, mm-hmm. constantly, every fucking day. How might you react to that? Fucking defensive. Mm-hmm. And I can be defensive because I'm white. Ha. Right? Uh-huh. But then if a person of color gets defensive, it's, oh, they're fucking guilty. Or they're a hood rat or they're a gangster or they're selling drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just those stereotypes that follow people. And again, it comes back to stigma. So we have this stigma and stereotype about a certain population of people And whether or not it's valid, it doesn't matter because it's been perpetuated throughout history. So what that's called is it's intergenerational trauma. Uh, That is one of my favorite trauma topics to even Mm -hmm. talk about. Oh, that could have its own fucking episode. I'm pretty sure we wrote that down last week. I'll write it down again. Generational trauma. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get a little bit more specific about the mental health impacts um, that racism does have. So racism and mental health are very closely related. Um, Discrimination on the basis of race or ethnicity can cause or worsen mental health conditions. That's obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, whoa, I just tried holding your hand. And we just talked about that. Um, Stereotyping, hate crimes, and economic inequality are just a few examples of the impact that racism has, all of which can have a detrimental effect on mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Racism can worsen mental health conditions, including depression, anxiety, PTSD, big one, substance use. Mm -hmm. And then 
Okay. 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 So racism can lead to mental health disorders such as substance use. And then people look at you and you're using stereotype and you're of color. And then you, it's like chicken or the egg. Like, mm -hmm. well, and you have to think too. And then suicidal thoughts. Well, like <laughs> nine out of 10 people who use substances also have a co-occurring mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. So may, maybe they're a victim of a hate crime. Yeah. And now their anxiety is through the fucking roof, roof because they're constantly watching their back and afraid that somebody's going to retaliate against them just because they're walking down the fucking street with a different skin color. Yeah. And so they're like, I'm just like, man, I got to get, I got to get my edge off here. And so then they start drinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So now they're a substance user. They're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But we don't look at all those other things that led to, to their first drink. We don't look at the childhood trauma um, because it, it is factual i'm trying to think of a good word um that people of color generally come not always but i mean they make up a bigger population of the poverty level um and so when you look at that obviously yes there are more issues there but it's because their environment is full of crime and all this other stuff so that's what they're brought up in mm -hmm. and then we take we take that and we run with it and we say okay well now because that's where you came from that's what you are mm -hmm. stupid um, one big thing when talking about mental health and racism is the access to resources. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you're a person of color and your mental health is seriously deteriorated because of all the things that are happening. What now? Are you, you're supposed, you, you know, you, you reach out to counselors, you reach out to other places that can connect you to, um, different resources, but if we look at these areas that are heavily populated with African-Americans, those resources don't exist. Mm -hmm. Those resources don't exist. And I have some stats here and this is from 2017. So the numbers are probably big, 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 big different. Um, so with white Americans, the percentage of adults with mental health conditions who receive treatment would be 48%. Mm -hmm. African-Americans 30. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the number doesn't look very different, but at the same time, it's like, I would, it shouldn't be at all different. I would also throw in quality of treatment that's being received though, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. So they might've received treatment, but was it helpful? What kind of quality? Because a lot of times, you know, those, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. No, that's not going to sound right. It's not even sounding right in my head. Continue. Okay. Um, so I want to look at the, like the short-term and the long-term effects of the mental health that racism causes. Mm -hmm. um, so the, <coughs> excuse Sorry. me. Sorry, I The tried. effects of racism <laughs> on an individual's mental health occur as a result of stress, right? Mm -hmm. So the stress response or the fight, fight, or, or freeze response um, is how the body prepares to escape from danger. So symptoms from that can include... Faster, shallow breathing, fast heartbeat, sweating, muscle tension. For looking at long term, um, chronic race related stress can definitely meet the criteria for trauma, which we've discussed. It's trauma. Mm -hmm. um, our minds and bodies have various ways of coping with trauma. So, during or immediately after a traumatic experience, a person feels confused, disoriented, numb, tired, or disconnected from their thoughts and feelings, which can lead to other things. Um, then we talk about PTSD that brings you flashbacks, nightmares, headaches, heart palpitations, um, avoidance of activities, isolation, 
constant feelings of alertness. Yeah. That's a big one. Just being hyper aroused. Like every, all, everywhere you go, you are constantly looking on edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've got there as far as mental health goes. Well, so let's touch for a minute on systemic racism, because that's something that I, I think we need to make sure we talk about, too, because racism exists within systems. I'm that, I'm not even going to argue with anyone about that. Nope. Because it's not an argument. It's true. And sometimes it's overt. Sometimes it's out loud, you know, mm-hmm. racial slurs. Um, silly racial jokes. Um, I've heard statements like, oh, you only got this job because you're black. And it's, it's meant as a joke, but again, it's not fucking funny. Um, but then there's also implicit bias. So that's things that maybe are, it's, you don't realize that it's happening. Um, maybe it's things that you were taught and you just don't even realize that you have these bias. And there's a fantastic YouTube video and I can't remember what it's called right now. But this, this lady is talking about her experience with implicit bias and her husband got really sick and he was a black man and they went to the doctor and they started running tests for sickle cell. They were convinced it was sickle cell um, because African-Americans generally carry, I think they, I'm going to sound really stupid, but they carry the trait for sickle cell. I don't know if a white person can. Do you know? Um, they do. My um, stepdad actually has sickle cell carcinoma. Okay. Um, but it's more common in people of color okay. as their pigment is darker. Yes. So they they ran all those tests. And then they this lady went back like four or five times. And finally she went back and she goes, run the test that you would run on a white person. And her husband had some sort of some form of cancer mm-hmm. that should have been found in the like in the very first meeting. But because they were so sure it was sickle cell because he was black. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never came right out and said that. But she's like, I had to go in and tell them to run the same test you would run on a white person for the, for to get results for my husband. And that's an example of systemic racism right there, is that there is racism within our systems. There are There's racism within any system, mm-hmm. whether it's implicit or overt. And we just have to be very conscious and aware that that exists and do what we can to make sure we're breaking down those barriers and that that stuff is being dealt with appropriately. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. You're welcome. (laughs) I didn't say thank you. but (laughs) (laughs) So what can we do as allies? As you and I, we are not people of color. What can you and I do as allies? Are you asking me or are you about to tell me? I'm asking you and I'm going to tell you. Well, now I'm nervous. Um, Answer my fucking question. Jesus. (laughs) I I will say as a mental health professional, um, part of my ethical code is to be an advocate absolutely to speak up when there's a wrongdoing um if somebody makes a racial joke not to shrug it off or like kind of giggle and walk away or ignore it but to call it out and say like that's not appropriate it's not funny it makes me uncomfortable um and to advocate for the people who really don't have the voices that's that's just my ethical code um and also to model those behaviors for my children and for my children's children and for anybody who comes in contact with me those are things that i know personally i can do I think the biggest thing, even if, even as professionals, we will never know. We will never know everything. Mm -mm. We'll never know exactly how they feel. We'll never know any of that. I think the best thing that we can do is educate ourselves. First and foremost is educate yourself. Knowledge is power. Um, You can do this a number of ways. You can do it by listening to the experiences of people of color, um, learning about the history of racism, wherever 
they may be from, whether, you know, like, because we said we're not only talking about African-Americans here. Ooh, I have a good example of this. Oh, give it to me. Wait, one more. <sighs> Learning how current behaviors and practices and laws and institutions impact people of color. So and advocate against them. Learning about those policies, learning about the things that are in place and advocating for or against them, depending on what it is. Yep, finding them. So I actually was invited to um, a Native American sweat lodge. It was, and this, this is where you're talking about like educating yourself, being willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable position to where maybe you're the minority and learning about somebody else's culture. It was the coolest fucking thing I've ever Seriously. done. It was one of the most magical experiences. I mean, you like, you get in this little sweat lodge, which is a dome that they've built by themselves. And before you're cleansed with like sacred sage that they've lit with the sacred stones that are going to go into your sweat. And you just go in there and you're packed in there like fucking sardines. And there's a specific way you have to enter and you crawl around. And I mean, like I had a lady in front of me who was like holding my feet because we were so like crammed in there. We were just like spread out on top of each other and just, and it's so fucking hot in there, but it's so healing. Like you are literally sweating out any negative energy that you have in you. And they're singing these really awesome ceremonial songs. And it just, it's fucking magical. But it's one of those things where I was so uncomfortable going in there being like me and my friend, we were the only white people. And it was like, I'm so out of my element here. But to put myself in that position to where I had a, a minor chance to experience what it was like to be a minority doing something that was very, very common for their culture mm -hmm. and being totally out of place and having no fucking idea what I was doing. But it was the most amazing experience I think I've ever had. Beautiful. I love that. Good. Um, one thing I want to end off on is pointing out the fact that the civil rights movement was not that long ago. Yeah, right? Isn't that nutso? I think that a lot of our education today is very whitewashed. N no, I do not think. I know. Very, very whitewashed. Mm -hmm. You look in our history books, these things are made to look like it happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yep. Photos are black and white. You realize that in this year where the civil rights movement took place, Colored pictures existed. Like, have you seen a picture that was in color of like MLK making a speech? No, actually, I have. <gasps> I fucking have. And it is beautiful. And it's like, why are these pictures in black and white? Because you are making us think that this happened so, so, so long ago and that the problem no longer exists. I mean, MLK would be 92 today if he was still alive. ML if MLK was still alive, he could have watched Shrek. Like, <laughs> Can you fucking <laughs> just think about that? Martin Luther King watching Shrek? Yes. Could have played Shrek. It was not that fucking long ago. Like, it's insane. Anyways, I just want to point that out to everyone so that everyone knows that. Okay. Okay. So let's let's end on the animal fact that my mom What does mom have for us today? <laughs> Did you know? I read it. <laughs> the ringtail lemur that smells the worst is in charge of the whole group. Which makes sense. Why? Because I'm smelly <laughs> and I'm always in charge. <laughs> <laughs> she said us too. So what's this? This one, one makes me laugh. Did you know you can buy vagina shaped confetti? Vajazzle. Okay. Time out. Story on the vajazzle. I had to ask one of our nurses one time if she had ever seen a vajazzle. A vajazzle. And she's like, what the Fuck. And I was like, I'm going to take that as a no. I was like, it means you just glitter your coochie a little bit. It's bedazzling your vajays. Yeah. Don't vajazzle yourself. It's probably dangerous. Anyway, 
Each of the normalized bejazzling. Okay. Each of the sparkly <laughs> pieces is shaped like boobs, a vulva, or ovaries, and a uterus. It's called my favorite part, clitter. I love sex pot. <laughs> this is my shit. Sex positive queens right here. Oh, it made me so happy. I was like, man, can you imagine like somebody just throwing some fucking uteruses at you and they're all shiny and sparkly? Beautiful. And like... <laughs> Put it on my birthday cake. Okay. I have Do you a... want a vulva birthday cake? Have okay. Real quick, before we do the quotes and end this podcast today, I would like you to open up Google, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would like you to Google baby shower vagina cakes. Baby shower vagina cakes. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. It, My Google doesn't even know what to look up right it now. It is like images. Horrendous. <gasps> oh my God. People do this. Why would you make me Google this on a fucking live pod? Look at this one. He's got some rocker hands. He's fucking ready. To so come out. it is a cake of a That's vagina. Poop. Yeah, it's poop. <laughs> so all of you at home, I'm not going to put these explicit images on the gram, but all of you at home, feel free, please, to Google image. Please don't. Baby shower vagina cakes. Don't. These are pretty, though. Look at these little vag cupcakes. I love. Anyway. Sex positive. Okay. I have a quote oh God, from Rosa I'm Parks. So... Vagina cakes. Oh, barf. Don't okay. fucking Google this at home. Jesus. Okay. Rosa Parks says, you must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. Amen. Do not ever be fucking scared of doing something that's right. Well, and so I have two, and it's from it's from the Obamas. Woo! This one is good old Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. um, and he says, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I like that one because it just reminds me of like the personal power that we all carry. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle Obama's is, you may not always have a comfortable life and you will not always be able to solve all the world's problems at once, but don't ever underestimate the importance you can have because history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own. Love. Love. Okay. Well, we will end it here. Um, if you have any questions about how to become an ally or how to understand um, white privilege better, how you can explain it to your family members better, feel free to reach out. Um, or if you need to talk about your mental health or some experiences, we are always a safe place for you. There are a couple of really good books you can read um, regarding white privilege and mm -hmm. racism. The two that I was referring to at the beginning of the podcast, one is called White Fragility. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who it's by. And the other one is why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? And then the one I mentioned was uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And we'll put pictures of those on the Instagram post as the episode releases as well. Um, mental health at mental health sucks on Instagram, mental health sucks at gmail.com and mental health sucks on Facebook. All the sucks are S U C C S. Make sure you water yourself and your friends. Bye. Bye. Thank you.